Okay, our chapter to read in our New Testament challenge today is Romans chapter 12. Now, up to this point in Romans, Paul's emphasis has been intensely theological, that is, laying out in fullest detail the necessity and plan of God's salvation through Jesus Christ. In the first three chapters, Paul laid out the necessity, namely, we are all sinners standing uh, deservingly under the condemnation of God. In chapters 4 and 5, Paul explored the depths of what it means to be justified before God and have peace with him through Jesus Christ. In chapters 6 and 7, Paul explained how truly being justified before God will inevitably lead to ongoing sanctification and growth in grace as a Christian, not always perfectly, but steadily. Chapter 8 laid out the fact that God is completely sovereign over the whole process of our salvation and will see it through and see us through until we stand before him glorified, Romans 8.30. Then in Romans 9-11, through 11, Paul panned out, as it were, and gave us a big picture view of what God is doing, uh, big picture for the salvation of both Jews and Gentiles, showing us the whole swath and direction of his plan of salvation. And it's here in chapter 12 where Paul begins his appeal to his reader based on all that he has said up to this point. Notice um, that word therefore in verse 1. I appeal to you therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God. That, that, that word therefore shows you that what he's about to say is linked up with all that he has already said before it. Um, so he's going he's gonna to give his appeal on how we now shall live in view both of what we have and of who we are in Christ. And so this chapter is, is filled with exhortations for uh, living as a follower of Christ daily, which will um, mark many of the remaining chapters of this letter. So let's, let's take a look and see uh, two or three things again. Uh, one of the most well-known passages in the book of Romans, and really the New Testament, is Romans 12, 1 and 2, the opening verses of this chapter. One of the interesting phrases we find here is the phrase, living sacrifice. Uh, verse 1, Paul tells us to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God. What does Paul mean when he exhorts us to live our lives as living sacrifices? Perhaps we believe we already know what he means, but even if we do, it is certainly worth thinking about it again. This is a phrase that for Paul encapsulates the entirety of the Christian life. To begin to understand what Paul means by living sacrifice, it's helpful to recall the conversation we had a few chapters back regarding Romans 8.13. There Paul said, if you'll remember, For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. And when we address those verses back then, in chapter 8, we emphasize that phrase, by the Spirit, considering what that meant, to, for by the Spirit to kill sin. Well, here, we need to note that the action that Paul was urging in that verse was that we daily put to death part of who we are, that is, our sin and our sinful ten tendencies, as we increasingly become what God in Christ through the Holy Spirit is making us to be. Peter put it this way in 1 Peter 2.24, talking of Jesus, he himself, that is Jesus himself, bore our sins in his body on the tree 
that we, why? That we might die to sin and live to righteousness. We're to kill our old selves every day. That is being a living sacrifice. It's recognizing what John recognized when he said in 1 John 3, 2, Beloved, we are God's children now, and what we will be has not yet appeared. Part of what it means to follow Christ and be his disciples is by the Spirit's enabling, refusing to associate with ourselves as we are by our sinful natures and seeking by the Spirit uh, who enables us to, to have the mind of Christ as the Spirit enables us. And that's a, that's a living sacrifice that is holy and acceptable to God. Uh, but switching gears just a little bit, beginning in verse 3, Paul begins to lay out one of the main opportunities or ways uh, we have to present ourselves as living sacrifices, and that is in the church. It's hard to be a living sacrifice by yourself. For one thing, one of the best ways to live as a living sacrifice is to give yourself to serving others rather than living only for yourself. 2 Corinthians 5.15 will tell you that. It, it forces us to, to meet the needs and the desires of other people rather than thinking of only of our own needs and desires. And to do that, we have to, to die a little bit to ourselves, and we need the church to help us do that. But the Lord designed it this way, and so... Uh, Paul describes in verses 3 through 8 the, that, that each Christian has been given different gifts from the Lord to be used in the service of each other in the church. Paul says in verse, verses 4 and 5, For as in one body we have many members, and the members do not all have the same function. So we, though many, are one body in Christ and individually one, members of one of another. Uh, that, that is really... Uh, an astonishing thought in the church we belong to each other i belong to you and you belong to me we're not just a haphazard gathering of individuals but an interconnected body of believers designed and put together precisely and intentionally by the lord and to make the body that is the church work properly and in a way that sanctifies each member as a living sacrifice um he he instilled in that body these these spiritual gifts for some it's teaching for others exhorting for some giving for others serving that's in verses six through eight uh it, it does bear saying that it is tempting to think that these gifts are static things that is sometimes the downfall of of taking uh these spiritual gifts uh surveys or or inventories like the little um <laughs> test you take that'll spit out to you what spiritual gifts you have like they're a static thing like okay these are mine and these are not mine well that that's that's only uh true as far as it it goes in some respects um because it is true that in some respect we 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 do have some gifts and not others i mean because not everyone is going to have the gift of teaching um not you know it, just there yeah that's just the reality however um, we, we, we go astray when we try to pinpoint in every respect which gift is ours to the exclusion of others. I don't, I don't believe that in every case that's the way it works for, for the reason uh, that, that one who doesn't feel like he has the gift of mercy, according to verse 8, he is still called to show mercy in Luke 6.36, for example. And one who feels she doesn't have the gift of serving According to verse 7, it's still called, as all of us are in Galatians 5.13, to serve one another. The point is, 
give yourself in every way possible to your brothers and sisters in the church, and the Lord will gift you and enable you for every task. And finally, um, read verses 9 through 21 slowly again, and then read it again. (laughs) In these verses, Paul lays out in rapid succession different exhortations and characteristics fitting for a Christian to live by. And there's really not a whole lot that that uh, I can add uh, to what Paul says here in a short amount of time. He lays them out so clearly that if if we read them slowly and carefully, I think it, if, it, if you're like me, it will indict you like it did me. But how beautiful and attractive the church would be if we looked like the picture painted in these verses. Lord, hasten that day. And those are just a few thoughts from Romans chapter 12.